Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armistead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition for over 14 years in New York City and Connecticut. And I want to talk to you today about polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. I call it a silent disorder because it takes a very long time for women to get diagnosed with it. And it's one of the most common hormonal disorders in women. I think it's the number one cause of infertility. And it creates a heavy emotional burden on those who suffer with it, on top of its many symptoms and related physical problems. This disorder, studies have shown, affect 10 to 20% of women of childbearing age. Most people are becoming aware of this disorder and what PCOS symptoms look like, although it's been relatively underdiagnosed for a long time. Up to 72% of those with PCOS experience infertility. It's also associated with an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes, mood disorders, endometrial cancer, fatty liver, sleep apnea, high blood sugar, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and heart disease. So it's something that can't be ignored once diagnosed because it can lead to all sorts of issues. But the good news is there are many natural ways to treat PCOS symptoms and it starts with doing everything you can to balance hormones naturally. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want you to know that there's hope, and if you have PCOS and you want to have children, I've helped lots of women do that. So what is PCOS? It really is a hormonal imbalance that can wreak havoc on so many different areas of the body, and it's often characterized by insulin resistance. That's what lets dietary and lifestyle changes actually be able to reverse PCOS. The endocrine system is very complex. While PCOS has been recognized and diagnosed for over 75 years, it's now considered the leading form of endocrine disruption in women of reproductive age. And there's still lots to learn about how exactly this hormonal imbalance occurs in different women and how it can be effectively reversed, but I want to share with you what I've seen work in my office today. Statistics show that 10 to 20 percent of women with childbearing age are affected by PCOS, but yet less than 50 percent of women are properly diagnosed. This means that millions have no idea what's causing their underlying symptoms. Since it's considered to be the major cause of female infertility, it's a big deal. PCOS can develop for a number of different reasons, and symptoms can vary a lot from women to women. That's one reason why it's underdiagnosed. It is generally accepted that insulin resistance plays an intrinsic role in the development of the disease. And this is why I like to think of PCOS as diabetes of the ovaries. Currently, there is no known cure for PCOS, although the underlying hormonal causes are believed to be mostly reversible. And women have found effective ways to lower their symptoms without the use of medications. While PCOS can come and go depending on fluctuations in someone's lifestyle, the insulin resistance piece affects 50 to 70% of all women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And when left untreated, that's when it can wreak havoc and cause all the other symptoms, hypertension, high cholesterol, diabetes down the road. 
And as a doctor, what we look for symptom-wise to see if somebody has PCOS, the most common symptom is the ovaries will form what's called a ovarian cyst. It's a sac form on the surface of an ovary around a maturing egg. Usually the sac goes away once the egg is released. If the egg isn't released or the sac closes around the egg and fills with fluid, it becomes a cyst. The term polycystic literally means that a woman's ovaries have multiple small cysts on them. Normally, the ovaries release a small amount of male sex hormones called androgens, and this is where we get testosterone from. But in women with PCOS, the ovaries start making significantly more androgens, which is the reason why masculine symptoms like extra facial hair and body hair while having male pattern baldness occurs. Classically, physicians have looked for multiple cysts on the ovaries using an ultrasound to help diagnose, but not every woman diagnosed with PCOS has these cysts. Another sign of PCOS is what's known as androgen excess, or too many male hormones produced in the body, which can lead to symptoms like acne, abnormal hair growth, mood issues. In blood work, this is where you'll see a high level of testosterone in women with PCOS. Other symptoms include weight gain or trouble losing weight, partial or total infertility, missing periods or irregular periods, fatigue, and low sex drive. While the exact cause of PCOS is somewhat unclear, there are a few theories on how it develops. It's probably not a one-size-fits-all answer, but rather different aspects interact with each other to initiate the development of the hormone imbalance. The main causes and risk factors are thought to be altered action of luteinizing hormone, insulin resistance, a genetic predisposition, so we look at a family history for PCOS, smoking, excess alcohol consumption, sedentary lifestyle, and premature puberty. It's been commonly thought that obesity is a risk factor for PCOS, However, clinicians seem to agree, based on recent research, that while losing weight is one major way to naturally treat PCOS, the weight itself probably isn't a direct cause. However, it can bring symptoms on faster. A high percentage of PCOS patients deal with weight gain at some point. But I also know plenty of women who are normal weight or even underweight who also develop PCOS. What I've seen in the office is that PCOS patients come in all shapes and sizes and that their histories can be very diverse, which can make treating this condition even more complicated. And so we look at blood work to see if there's too much testosterone in the blood because with PCOS, the ovaries tend to produce too much androgens, including testosterone. The second thing I look for is that ovulation will be off with PCOS patients. So are they missing their periods or do they have irregular periods? Many women with PCOS experience abnormally heavy, short, or long menstrual cycles, which falls under ovulation dysfunction for me. And then thirdly, if the patient has actual cysts on their ovaries, which can be identified on a vaginal ultrasound. 
treatment of PCOS should be individualized, meaning it does matter how old you are, how severe your symptoms are, whether or not you're trying to get pregnant. Every treatment plan looks different. I always suggest to PCOS patients to be tested for blood pressure levels, cholesterol levels, fasting glucose levels, insulin levels, depression, and sleep apnea as well. Because all of that will start changing for the better if we start implementing the lifestyle changes needed to balance out the hormones. Now, conventional treatment is drugs. There's drugs for fertility. There's also drugs for the insulin resistance, which usually is metformin. Topically, you're given antibiotics for acne. And if you're not trying to get pregnant to help regulate the hormones, then Western medicine also suggests an IUD or birth control pills, plus the metformin. Research is interesting with metformin. It is most effective when prescribed in conjunction with lifestyle changes, such as weight management and changing up the diet. However, there's controversy around using metformin to treat PCOS, and I haven't seen long-term studies. So if you have PCOS, you're thinking about metformin, I always suggest doing lifestyle and dietary changes for at least three months before even thinking of using medication for PCOS. Let's see what the body can do first before trying to manage it with medication, because you're going to want to do the lifestyle and dietary changes anyways with metformin. So just wait and see first, because then if if you need metformin, At that point, the dosage might be a lot less. When it comes to lifestyle and dietary changes, managing stress cannot be overlooked. Stress is a key factor in throwing the hormones out of whack. It's also not just what we eat, but for blood sugar control, it's about meal timing. It's not just about exercise, but also about the level of exercise. These are all the different things that I look at. Every single aspect plays an important role in a woman's reproductive system. That's why the more specific we can be about the changes, the better. To get specific treatment protocols, that's why I love using muscle testing with my patients. While it might seem complicated, the best options for moving forward if you can't get muscle tested is to focus on eating a balanced diet, maintaining an appropriate body weight, and eliminating as much physical and psychological stress as possible. So let me talk to you about what it would look like. You first want to look at your diet. The standard American diet, we also call it SAD, how appropriate, offers little in the way of nutrition, particularly for women with PCOS who often have insulin resistance. While this standard recommendation for obese women has been to eat a low-fat diet, it may not actually be beneficial for women with PCOS. In my office, I see that a diet high in healthy fats and low in carbohydrates can actually get better results. Women lose weight, they feel better, and the insulin resistance goes away. This type of diet is known as a keto diet or a ketogenic diet. It was originally developed for children with epilepsy by researchers at Johns Hopkins Medical Center. The diet focuses on drastically reducing carbohydrates, getting the majority of your calories from healthy fats and some protein. So it's the opposite idea. It's high fat diet, low carb with a little protein. 
This diet induces a process called ketosis, in which your liver begins producing ketones for you to metabolize as energy rather than burning glucose. When you're in ketosis, your body burns fat more quickly. This diet has also been heralded as a remedy for brain fog and is a current focus for a great deal of research surrounding mental health and disorders. There are multiple benefits of the ketogenic diet for PCOS. For one, women with PCOS are also at a higher risk for depression, so the mental health benefit of keto may help offset some of the risk for depression. Doing keto is often a fast, safe, and effective way to lose weight, which is also needed to improve for fertility and other PCOS symptoms. Third, this diet causes your body to utilize ketones, not glucose, which means it's a powerful remedy for insulin resistance. Reducing carbohydrate intake has also been shown to improve insulin sensitivity in women with PCOS, not just in my office, but there's also been clinical studies that show the effectiveness of keto for PCOS. Another dietary model that may work is an anti-inflammatory diet. Naturally, anti-inflammatory foods, including vegetables, fruits, grass-fed, pasture-raised meats, wild-caught fish, nuts, seeds, and unrefined oils like coconut oil, olive oil, avocado, This type of diet seems to reduce symptoms of PCOS and result in weight loss as well. So those are the two that I like to use in my office. I'll use muscle testing to identify which diet works best for which patient. The next step is sleep. Sleep is crucial for cell regeneration, hormone production, stress control, and even weight management. In fact, Sleep deprivation can have the same effects on health and hormones as a lack of activity and a poor diet can. Having enough sleep, enough good sleep, cannot be overlooked. Women with PCOS are more likely to have sleep disturbances, so if that's you, then listen to my podcast on better sleep next. Sleep goes down and insulin and blood sugar issues go up because without good sleep, hormones get all out of whack. Consistently, going without enough sleep increases stress hormones in the body, including cortisol, and changes levels of hormones that control your weight and appetite, including insulin. The more stressed you are, the more sleep you are likely to need but the general recommendation that works well for most people is aiming for 7 to 9 hours each night. Some women with PCOS may need upwards to the 9 hours. Exercise is also needed. If you have a predisposition to developing hormonal imbalance, keep in mind there's a fine line between too little activity and too much. Generally speaking, Women's bodies are more susceptible to hormone changes with exercise. We call it the female athlete triad. It is a condition that can contribute to PCOS. It's caused by too much exercise coupled with a restrictive diet and too few calories. It's these three things in combination that is why female athletes are more susceptible to irregular periods. However, there's many benefits of exercise to consider. While those with PCOS might not be able to lose weight through exercise as easily as others, there is evidence that no matter the type of exercise you choose, 
exercising with PCOS might improve fertility markers, insulin resistance, inflammation, and weight. We just have to find that sweet spot where exercise is helping and not hindering the hormones. The next thing you want to do is actually avoid endocrine disruptors. And what is that? They're chemicals that we use in our daily life that interfere with the production, release, transport, metabolism, and elimination of the body's hormones. Women with hormonal disorders like PCOS are very sensitive to this type of chemical interference, and studies have shown that the high levels of endocrine disruptors, such as BPA and plastic, has an impact on the testosterone in the bloodstream. It's great that the government recognizes BPA as a toxin that not only interferes with women's hormones and fertility, but also causes cancer, among other health issues. But I need you to know that BPA is not the only toxin in plastic, and I don't know how long it's going to take for the government to recognize other toxins. But for now, I want you to really stay away from plastic whenever possible, not just BPA-free plastic. No plastic forks, spoons, straws. If you love straws, then you can buy stainless steel straws off of Amazon. No plastic water bottles. I use a glass one called a Flaska that I love. You can also use stainless steel water bottles too. Do your best to avoid Ziploc bags, saran wrap, and tubaware. For tubaware, I use Pyrex, the glass containers with the rubber tops, and I just don't let the food touch the rubber. But if you do buy a bag of frozen peas, it is what it is. Nothing you can do about it. I always suggest to my patients, just do the best that you can. You're never going to be able to get rid of plastic 100%. The endocrine disruptors in plastic will influence the way genes express themselves in people with reproductive disorders and obesity to make it more likely that people pass these disorders on to their children. Studies have shown how the cellular environment changes gene expression is called epigenetics. I think it's fascinating. And for this reason, we want the cellular environment to be as healthy as possible from all heavy chemicals, all heavy metals, junk food, so that the cell can create optimal gene expression for your health. Besides plastic, other toxins that have been studied that cause hormone imbalance and can lead to PCOS and other issues are pesticides, so eat as organic as possible. Another thing that causes hormone imbalance is phthalates. These are chemicals in plastic that make it soft and flexible. You can also find them in cosmetics and personal care products like perfume, nail polish, hairspray, shampoo, lotions. To learn more about phthalates and how healthy your personal care products are, go to ewg.org for more information. The website is from the Environmental Working Group. That's why it's ewg.org. And it rates all different types of personal care products and cleaning products on a scale from 0 to 10. 0 being the healthiest for you and 10 being the worst for you. 10 means that there's research out there that is known to cause cancer. It's a great website for thousands of products are rated on it. And it also gives you options. It tells you which ones are the healthiest ones. 
And the last toxin that causes hormone imbalances is phytoestrogens, which are certain compounds in plants that act like estrogen in the body. And if we eat too many of them, then that causes the hormone imbalance because the body literally thinks it's estrogen. It acts like estrogen in the body. It's not as strong as estrogen, but then if you have all these phytoestrogens in you acting like estrogen, then that will allow the body to become estrogen dominant and wreak havoc on the body. So if you have PCOS, you want to not eat foods that contain these phytoestrogens, which include soy, soy products, flax seeds, grapes, carrots, lentils, licorice, olive oil, even bourbon. Those are my main ones to stay away from. Well, also, you want to eat good quality meat if you eat meat because we don't want meat to contain hormones either. When animals are poorly farmed, they're given hormones to grow and mature faster so they can reach the butcher faster and the farmer can have a higher turnaround rate. I think over the years, farmers use more and more hormones with their animals. And this is the reason why girls are hitting puberty faster. It's also a main cause of moodiness. We all know what it feels like to be extra hormonal. And so we don't want to add extra hormones into our body. So do your best to eat good quality meat without added hormones. Now, one particularly significant natural method of treating PCOS is supplementing with inositol. Inositol is a type of sugar found in fruits, beans, grains, and nuts. Its highest levels of inositol are actually found in cantaloupe and oranges. Inositol is important. It influences the insulin response and several hormones, but not just sex hormones, but also several hormones associated with mood and cognition. Multiple studies have shown that supplementation with inositol may not only improve insulin resistance, but also decrease male hormones in the bloodstream, which is exactly what we want with patients with PCOS. It also can lower blood pressure and lower triglycerides. Other studies have shown that inositol promotes ovulation, which in turn supports fertility. There was a study done where women who weren't getting their period started taking inositol. One group started taking inositol, the other group took a placebo, and the group that took inositol, 86% got their period back, while the group that took the placebo, only 6% got their period back. Taking an inositol supplement and eating foods high in this nutrient may combat some of the mental risk factors involved with PCOS because inositol has been seen to help with depression, anxiety, OCD, and PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Another supplement actually that can help is vitamin D. Studies say that between 67 to 85% of women with PCOS are thought to be deficient in vitamin D. It can contribute to many of the symptoms Low vitamin D has been correlated to insulin sensitivity, obesity, low luteinizing hormone, high triglycerides, and infertility. Adding vitamin D to a daily routine has been observed to improve weight loss, insulin sensitivity, and slow the formation of ovarian cysts and help regulate periods. 
There are a number of supplements in addition to inositol and vitamin D that greatly improve markers of PCOS. I always suggest getting muscle tested to find your specific supplement protocol. But other supplements that I've seen get really good results overall, magnesium, zinc, calcium, omega-3s, NAC, also known as N-acetylcysteine, and ashwagandha. Now my next step is important and seems like it wouldn't correlate, but it's actually to visit a chiropractor and make sure your body is in alignment. Research is a little limited. However, there are several case studies and I see it all the time in my office where chiropractic care can lead to an improvement in menstruation and fertility. I have had women with late periods get adjusted and the very next day finally get their period. It has happened so many times that I know it's now not just a coincidence. So as you can see now, PCOS is complex and not every woman will respond the same to the same treatment. It really does have to be individualized. And as with any new supplement, dietary, or exercise routine, check in with your doctor first. PCOS is a very prevalent disorder and it's responsible for a large portion of female infertility. However, just know that all these different natural means can help. And if you want to have children, don't give up just because you've been diagnosed with PCOS. You can work on your diet. I suggest the keto or anti-inflammatory diet. Make sure you get enough sleep. Exercise appropriately. Avoid exposure to endocrine disruptors. Supplement with inositol. Make sure your vitamin D levels are good. Try other PCOS supplements and visit a chiropractor.